Running Sentences presents A Judge, a Jury, and a Sheriff Part 3 Agent Victor Agent Victor finds himself trying to untangle the events so that he can understand what has happened in the case of the judge's murder. No one seems to want to cooperate with him. This is a work of fiction. Any names, characters, businesses, events, situations, and incidences within this story are products of the author's imagination. Any resemblance to real people, real situations, and or events, and or fictional events, characters, businesses, and so on, is purely coincidental. This story is not meant to be realistic portrayal of Southern life. It is purely dark satire. Story written and narrated by Michael Honoré. Copyright 2023, Michael Honoré. All rights reserved. Agent Victor rose early in the morning, a long night of looking at files and drinking, and none agreed with him. It was the fact that it felt like he was going through the motions of a case, one that would likely get buried since everyone was dead, and there seemed to be no answers. The fact that there was little to do in this place was fine. If boring, the police not being helpful was fine. The state cops trying to be a part of the whole thing was fine. Just that this all felt like it was amount to nothing bothered him. He stared at the ceiling of his hotel room some 22 miles from this town of Bayou, which was the only nice place one could stay. There were other places, but when the government was willing to pay, it was good to use up said money. His phone rang and he threw off the covers so he could get out of bed and pick up and look at it. Boss was the name listed above the number calling him. Hello? Victor, how are you? Mitchell, I made a report yesterday and the day before that. Nothing had changed in that time period. Why are you calling? It's my job and I heard some stuff. You're letting your imagination run away again. Whatever you reported you heard probably isn't true. Or it has a string of truth to it, but uh, not the truth that anyone wants. We've been through this before. Unless you have orders calling me back to the city, I don't need you calling me every day. This is stuff. This stuff is for real, though. It involves some big figures. Victor flops back onto his bed with a sigh. There was no way Mitchell had any news, especially since he rarely paid any attention to matters other than conspiracies lately. Even those had to be a bit extreme to make him pay attention. What is it? I knew you'd come around. Okay, so you know the mayor of the Bayou era, Carol or something. She's rumored to be hosting meetings between local towns. He thought about what Mitchell was telling him for a second, so that he could come up with a response. This rumor didn't sound all that awful. Towns talking to towns was a good thing, wasn't it? And what is wrong with that? They're organizing and planning who should be the leader of the area. Every sheriff, mayor, and judge or important person has to go through them. Okay, that's interesting, I guess, but I'm only looking into the murder of the judge. What does that have to do with my case? You have another special agent here who's handling looking into such stuff and the case of corruption of the judge. 
Why tell me about this? You never know what information might be of use to you. Could help bring this whole thing into sharper perspective. Uh, anyway, that's all I wanted to let you know. Thanks. Bye. Bye. The phone went dead and Victor tossed it onto the bed as he got up so that he could get ready for his day. He strolled down to the hotel restaurant to see if they were still serving breakfast and if they had anything interesting on their menu. He stood near the hosting stand glancing over a menu as people came and went. Agent Victor, you got stuck in this place as well. He glanced up to see his fellow special agent across from him coming out of the restaurant. He nodded and handed the menu back to the host. I'm on the murder side of things and this is the only decent place to stay, so yes, this is where I am. What about you, Carla? That's right, isn't it? True, true. How are things with your case? They're well, Miss Carla. Uh, it's going about as well as one could expect when the place went up in flames and everyone is dead that had any evidence to give. I take what you mean. Shall we discuss this further outside? He nodded and they both moved out of the restaurant entrance area. The two strolled out of the hotel entirely, headed through the parking lot towards their respective cars. But still, side by side, both kept quiet until they were sure they were alone, which happened to be when they were near his vehicle. A case where no one wants to say anything and the place where it occurred has burned down. That's all I've got so far. It's a dead end, but I can't call it yet because... Your boss won't let you. You know Mitchell as well as I do. Investigate until there's nothing left to investigate. Plus he keeps throwing more matters and theories on top of things. Yeah, not the greatest of bosses, but we work with what we have. I'll see you around. She was off before you could protest or ask how her case was going. A thought that annoyed him. The least she could have done was share a few thoughts on her case, since he'd been so forthright. Instead, he got this. He went over to his collar. Victor would make his way to the nearby courthouse as an officer of the court led him into the chambers that Judge de Percy used prior to any hearings. A glance about the place made it seem like a well-worn space that was well-used and not kept in good condition. Victor moved about the room, looking everything over that was in here, from the binders and case rulings to the files on the desk. A circle around the space gave him no great insight into the man, as it was empty of anything homely. I don't know why anybody would want to murder him. No, sir, it is a great mystery, officer of the court. Uh, that seems to be related to his cases, though. Um, have you heard of any threats against him? No. Everyone took their rulings in stride. No matter cases come through here or anything like that. Victor looked up with a surprise at that. The area wasn't exactly friendly, and what stats he had looked up showed a number of violent crimes had been committed in the surrounding areas. Uh, I, I take that back. There were some cases, but not tried in this court, though those were usually taken to another nearby court for the sake of fairness to the accused. And have you seen the judge do anything you would consider illegal, Mr. Officer? No. That would be a terrible thing for a judge to do. Then you proclaim innocent about the rumored deal he had going on of kickbacks to collect money from a collection agency. 
cases routinely ruled upon in the collection agency's favor. The officer of the court looked surprised and began backing away, shaking his head no, and holding his hands up and out to show innocence of some sort. Victor kept watching him to see what else he was going to do, or if this was his way of saying he was innocent. No, no idea about any of that. Then you never thought it was suspicious that so many cases are of the collection agency. We collect for you, games through this court. No, it kept the court busy and I don't get involved in anything other than keeping order in court. No one tries anything here and they all accept the rulings barring a few complaints. So it was okay because the court needed something to do to stay open. That's what you're saying. No, no, no. Uh, I think I need to go see if there's some other matter. If, if you don't mind, sir. The officer of the court was already gone before Victor could say anything, so he sat down behind the desk and began a more thorough search of it. He opened the drawers to it, pulling his way through them, uh, want to see what was there. Not much. A few little files that concerned the types of cases the court was going to be hearing. He read through them to get the gist of it. But there was mostly printed out emails and not much else context-wise. A knock on the door brought his attention to it as in stepped Officer Helen of the state police in her usual detective attire that made one look like a detective. Decent clothes that were a bit wrinkled here and there. Afternoon. Uh, you are Detective Helen from the state police, correct? Yes, that would be me. Uh, you are, sir? Victor, Agent Victor, uh, working the government side of this mess on the murder side. I'm assigned to the murder case. Uh, which, which side are you looking into, the corruption or the murder? The misuse of power, trust, and uh, so on and so forth side of things. You should probably go talk to my fellow agent, Carla, then. She's got that side of our case. I have talked to her. She didn't say much. Mm, yes, no. She does do that, but, um, it is infuriating when you want to learn anything from her. She doesn't do talk. But, uh, by the way, my report on the potential evidence says there should be a computer somewhere around here. His office here doesn't have it. Do you or Sheriff Wilton know of its location or where it is? She shook her head now and, and came fully into the room, taking a look about the space. He judged that she was looking to see where a computer might be in this room. But aside from the desk, there wasn't much space to put one, and the judge had printed his emails, meaning it was unlikely that he would know how to use a laptop, potentially, or at least know how to use it well. He seemed to be old-fashioned. Printing out emails was very old-fashioned. Perhaps it was a hidden computer, though. It is not with us. Uh, I'd say you should ask the sheriff, but he was attacked last night. What? She nodded as she moved around the room. Homemade device through the front window. Went boom. Thankfully it wasn't a big thing, more like a big firework. Uh, still, it scarred up the girlfriend pretty badly. Uh, he also got hit, but uh, not terribly. What the hell? That's what I'm starting to say about all of this. It doesn't make any sense. First the judge, and then the sheriff. What's next, the mayor? Uh, perhaps she is, but at that rate, though, I think the whole town might be in on it before this case is officially marked as solvable or unsolvable. 
Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to have a look around here. Victor pushed the chair back and got up from the desk, waving his arm. Have at it. It is all yours. They nodded to one another as he departed, and she began looking thoroughly about the place. The drive from the courthouse to the second home of the judge took a little time and a lot of backtracking to make sure he was on the right road before he found the mansion hidden among the woods. The driveway, while not grand, did take a little bit to get up. Victor pulled his car to a stop outside of the house, which still had some police tape around it blocking off the way. There was also a state officer standing near the front door, who waved as he got out of the car and began trekking towards him. Victor made sure to grab his badge out of his pocket and had it at the ready as he approached the officer who was coming towards him. Afternoon, I'm here to take a look around if you don't mind. Are uh, you one of those big shots the government sent to look over things? Victor nodded and handed his badge for the officer to see. The man looked at it and nodded again. Alrighty then, you shouldn't intrude too much. We don't want people messing up a potential crime machine. Uh, noted. Uh, before I go in, do you happen to know if there is a computer inside? I know the internet around here isn't the best, but uh, if you're going to try and use his computer, don't mess with it. Don't, don't. It's, it's going to mess with our scene. The accusation caught Victor off guard since it was not his intention at all to use the computer. The computer is for the case, officer. It is missing. Oh, right, yeah, that, that makes sense. No no idea if there's one in there or not. I, I, I haven't been in there. They only told me to tell anyone that they shouldn't mess about the place. I'm Chris, by the way. Chris stuck out his hand to offer a shake, which Victor took and shook. No reason not to, and if it got him on the good side of this officer, all the better. Uh, you probably won't go inside now, right? I'm sorry about before. Victor merely nodded and accepted the apology and offered his own, as Chris did his best to get out of the way and let him inside. He stepped inside the house and found himself inside a living room, a spacious space with windows lining the outer wall. A small TV that looked like it was stuck in the past by about 20 years or so, and a massive radio was probably predated the TV by many years, stuck out sorely in this mostly airy room. It was nice, but it also looked like it hadn't been lived in at all. It was maintained and all that, but not used in at least a few years. This place does not look like a man who likes technology, so maybe he uses computers, maybe he doesn't, but appearances can be whatever one wants to make them. It's not completely indicative of whether or not he does like technology. With a sigh, he went over to one of the inner walls where a few bookcases sat. They were fiction, dime store noir crime novels that had broken spines from being read too much. There was no dust on them, though, and they were all small books. There would be no hiding things behind them or around them. Still, he felt the shelves and pressed against the back of the bookcase, just in case. He found nothing here amongst the three bookcases and moved on to the next room. The kitchen was just as nice as the living room, airy and clean. Things also looked old-fashioned here, but usable. There were plenty of cabinets for hiding things, which he didn't like since it meant he would have to search them. 
If I were a judge, would I hide a computer hard drive or a laptop or anything in a kitchen? Sounds silly. Does the man even know what any of that is? He shook his head at the thought and began opening up all the cabinets, going through what food and pots and pans he could find. But no computer showed up, or hard drive for that matter. The next room he wandered into was a covered windowed patio with an assortment of furniture. Once again, things were nice, pristine even. Nothing looked like it would ever be out of place here. Nor did it look like anything would ever move an inch from where it was. To Victor, this place was unnerving and odd. It was so set in its ways that he wasn't certain that anyone could ever live here unless they were obsessed with keeping things the way they were and it being perfect. I doubt a person would allow computers to be left out here. Too great a chance for leaks from the windows, so though, with the way this place is, they will probably find out about the leaks before they started and stop it before it sprang, if they were lucky. Too anal retentive to allow for a chance of leaks, I guess. He took another quick scan around the place, looking out at the lawn beyond, a well-kept piece of green grass that extended out a bit and vanished into a wood line. No garden or anything like that here. Just green grass with nothing out there. Victor looked about again just to feel extra safe about it, and then turned and headed back through the door he came in. He would move through the house, finding the stairs and heading up them to search for somewhere that might give him a hint or two. The first door upstairs on his right opened to a bedroom that he went into. A homely affair of place that was the first spot to feel like it had seen usage. Maybe not recently, but it had been used. This was because there were a few clothes scattered about the place, and the nearby walk-in closet was open with stuff tossed about. It was possible, he surmised, that the local and state police had tossed through the room looking for clues and just left things lying about. It certainly fit, since the rest of the place felt so rigid and stuck in place. Victor walked about the room, getting a feel for it and making sure he didn't step on anything. I've never met someone quite like this. Either they have a crazed personality and their bedroom is the only place like this, or... There were a few more bookshelves in here, so he wandered over to them, pulling a few binders out. They were all legal rulings and rules to follow, most concerned interacting with businesses and how one might rule on such instances. Victor arched his eyebrow at this as he thought it over in his mind. It was the first evidence of wrongdoing that could be going on, and yet at the same time it didn't necessarily mean that that was the case. The judges' cases all seemed to be involved in ruling on business affairs and the likes and so on, so the judge would be brushed up on the latest rulings and laws on that. Oh, so this could just be all about being informed on the rules and all of these weren't just rule books. Would someone murder a person over debts? It's happened before and likely to happen again. But so far, this judge has left little behind that would indicate that if that might have been the case. Though, perhaps that is from luck or... Eh, I don't know. But so far, this judge has left little behind that would indicate that it might have been the case. Seems that that fire that took out his house is unlucky. 
it. That might have provided some evidence. A sharp buzz in his pocket caught him off guard and he fished out his cell phone looking at the screen to see that he did not recognize the number. He hit the receive button and put it to his ear. Hello? Hello, this is Agent Victor, correct? Yes, you are. Special Agent Brody, I work for the same agency you do. A couple of states over. Doesn't matter from where, but uh, we have a case that we feel might be attached to some of the stuff that's happening in your general area. I called your boss, Mitchell, and he gave me your number to run things by. I see. Um, well, if it helps, then that's great. Uh, what do you have? What do you got? A case of a missing person roughly fits the description that was put out on the bulletin for information from any other departments. Uh, great. Uh, just give me a second. Not waiting for yes or no. Victor carefully put his phone down on the nearby bed and grabbed out a notepad and pen from his pockets before picking up the phone again. Uh, sorry, what's this missing person's name and how might he be related to this? Man's name is Peter Crum, and he was uh, from the local area, not specifically Bayou, but uh, around there. His sister still lives in the area. He went missing a few days ago, up and quit his job and just vanished. Paid up with his landlord so he had no apartment. And of course, his newly bought car was found in your state and in the Bayou area particularly. Ah, so our murderer has a name, I guess. Yes, Peter Crumb. Anything else about him? Not much. Preliminary search shows he didn't lead much of a life, worked and drank and survived in a job that didn't pay much. I can keep looking into it, though. Not full time, of course. Uh, yes, yes, please. If you have time, it would help, I think. I'm drawing up a big blank how all of this links together, but uh, it seems like something might be happening here. And that's the first real clue about anything I've gotten, so thank you. I won't keep you from your other work yet, so, uh, goodbye. There was a faint click on the phone line, and he hit the end call button, then turned to rummage through the bedroom without disturbing much so he could leave it as he found it. No computer parts showed up, nor did a laptop. One of the other rooms upstairs did lead to a personal home office. Here, the space felt clean, maintained, and nothing out of place. There was a spot for a computer at a desk. But there was once again no computer. He could clearly see a spot on the desk marked where a computer tower had once been outlined a sort of dusty line, and the spot was darker and richer looking than, than the area around it. That really signified that something had once been there. It could have been a computer, it might have been something else. Victor looked over to make sure that his suspicions on this were right. As he began rummaging about the desk for anything else unusual, there were a few files here, and they were all on contracts for upkeep on the house, out on the bayou, and the second home here. The Percy was spending a pretty penny to keep both places nice and tidy. The bookcases that ring the walls here were all once again law books, and Victor went about pulling them out to check them over and to make sure that nothing was hidden behind any of them. Nothing came up once again, and he sighed. So either the computer is hidden by the state or local police. I've been to the local station. He headed for the door. 
Back down the stairs and out the front door, Victor went, since the house didn't seem to have much of anything to it that would help him out. He paused at the door and looked over to the officer who was still stationed there guarding it. Are y'all done there? Yes, Officer Chris, and I didn't disturb anything inside per your orders. Thank you, uh, wouldn't want to get yelled at. Uh, yes, uh... No, I don't want you to get yelled at either. Um, uh, one thing before I go. Where is the local station for the state police? Is it close by? I I feel the need to stop by there and have a chat with whoever is working the case for his murder. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's up the road quite a ways. Uh, You'll need to get to the old town and then keep going to the new town township. You can't miss it. Biggest building on the main road in town, and you just gotta drive up the road. Not that the town has any other big roads, but you get the point. Follow the road and you'll find it. Thank you. With a handshake, he would depart. Victor drove up to the place specified by Officer Chris and found it with no trouble. And wasting no time, he found himself in the lobby of the station to talk to the officer at the desk while pulling out his badge to get ready to show it for the moment. Can I help you? I hope so. I'm Special Agent Victor Brott, working the government investigation into the murder of Judge De Percy. In a quick move, he brought his badge up and placed it onto the desk so that the officer could look it over. I've been looking for some evidence in the case, which you may or may not have. I'm just looking for it. Some might not. Maybe the local place might have it. I'm just looking for it, and I would love to take a look at it just so I can wrap up this case and make sure we don't have to be super involved in this matter anymore and let you guys do your job. The state's detective didn't talk to you. I ran into a detective, Helen, but she's investigating the crimes that the judge committed, not the murder as far as I'm aware. Is there another detective assigned to the murder side of things? Let me call and see what the department says. Thank you. He stepped aside as the officer, whose name tag read Randy, made the call. A few jokes went through Victor's mind seeing that, but he kept them to himself. The officer was soon finished and called out, Detective Nick will be down in a few seconds to talk to you. Victor acknowledged through a wave of his hand and wandered away a bit. The station lobby was a pretty standard place, plenty of wanted posters about this and that, though many looked rather old and he wondered if the police ever got around to changing them or they just put new posters over the old ones. A door nearby opened and out walked a lanky man, balding, but uh, that was quickly covered by a flat hat. And this man instantly spotted Victor guessed that this was Detective Nick, who was fast approaching and offered his hand, guessing that he was the man calling for him. Evening, I understand you're Agent Victor, who, uh, looking into this murder case. I am indeed, uh, and you are Detective Nick working the case, or, or you know of someone working the case or something like that? Correct, I'm the one working the case. Well, great, I'm looking for some evidence at the home of De Percy, or maybe uh, his offices in the courtroom, but it is missing, it's no longer there. It's his computer tower. If I can find that, I can wrap up my case real quick. Uh, we don't have much evidence in our care right now, but uh, if if we have it, we, you're welcome to look at it. That's, I'm not sure we have it, and, 
as we didn't get anything from his house out on the bayou. This potentially was at his second home, uh, the one you have an officer guarding. Detective Nick looked like he was hearing this news for the first time, with the doubt that spread across his face. There was a shake of his head. Can't say I know about any of that. Okay, alright, well then, there is a house not far from here that is the Percy's second home that you have an officer guarding. But, um, you should probably call and make sure that that's what's actually going on. Um, while you do that, can, do you mind if I go see the evidence that you have or don't have? Oh, of course, we will get right on that. Uh, you will follow me to the evidence room and I will chase down that uh, second home, you so speak of, once we're done here. The detective would lead him to the back of the lobby where another door was. It had a sign on it saying, staff only, and... With another officer at the desk nearby, Nick waved to them and the officer hit a button on their desk, letting them into the back. They arrived soon at a caged-off area with a desk and another officer inside this cage. Nick knocked on the cage and drew the attention of the officer. This new cop looked up and waved. Detective Nick, what brings you over here? I have a friend here who's looking into the murder of the judge, wanted to look at all evidence that we have. Let me look and see what we got right here, right now. She looked down on her computer and clicked her mouse a few times. The two outside of this cage area relaxed against the far wall while they waited while she continued her work. Ah, oh, here it is. Checked out yesterday and returned today. Good. It should be in area F2. I can save you some time as I'm just looking for a computer tower among the evidence you have, if you have it. Oh, that does help. Let me see if we have that among the list of our staff. There were a few clicks from her keyboard and some humming from her, some tune of some sort. Hmm, yeah, well, uh, there is some stuff, but, uh... Let me guess, no computer? Not that I'm seeing logged into our system. I'll, I'll go and check uh, your spot, though. She got up and disappeared from their view. Maybe the local police have it? If they did, they didn't show it to me the other day when I was looking over what they had. Also, the sheriff now appears to be in the hospital after someone attacked him. The detective's expression, which was looking borderline cocky, faded and darkened. This Nick apparently wasn't as well informed on matters as he wanted to appear. Well, I think I need to go see some people about some things. Uh, a lot of stuff is suddenly... I've become aware of a lot of stuff suddenly... Uh, when Officer Kathy returns, if you have anything you want to look at in the evidence room, lock up. Uh, feel free, you have my permission. Nick was past him in a flash and gone, leaving him alone to look at the cage. The evidence officer soon returned, carrying a cardboard box, which she set on her desk. I don't see computer in here, sorry. Uh, where did the detective go, by the way? Left to go deal with some stuff. Um, if you don't mind, I need print out of what evidence you have. Or if you could email it to me. I don't want to take up any more of your time if you don't have that computer. She made sure that the box was firmly on the desk before going over to a computer and hitting a few buttons. A second later, there was a familiar whir of a printer noise that could be heard and she reached to her side. Here you go, and uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to log that you were here and requested this information for records purpose. 
The paper was offered through a small slot in the cage, and he grabbed out his badge, trading it, and he would glance over the paper, showing nothing of interest as he waited for his badge to be returned. He folded the piece of paper up and put it into his pocket as the pad reappeared and he took it. An exchange of pleasantries, as well as a signature that he had been here, and he was once again on his way. Not satisfied with all that had gone down, Victor had driven across this little unincorporated and incorporated town all the way to the mayor's home, a place that was on the bayou but on the outskirts of it. A few swampy areas had to be driven through, but nothing that stopped his car, though he was afraid of his tires getting stuck a few times. The old southern-looking mansion had plenty of trees and cursed with Spanish moss crawling all over them that marred the view of the house itself, blocking it. He brought his car to a stop on the back side of a loop that circled back onto itself, right next to the front steps, as he got out and began looking around the place. It was a fine-looking place that was well taken care of, and he couldn't help but admire it as he got out of his vehicle. Who are you coming all the way out here? What business do you have here, sir? I'm here to see Mayor Carroll as I'm one of the special agents looking into the case of Judge to Percy. You here without calling first? Yes, I did not call ahead to see if it would be okay. Is she home? I'll check and see if she'll talk to you. The guard had been slightly hidden by a nearby tree, and the fading sunlight moved to the front porch of the mansion with a glare at him. The white old southern mansion that probably had ties to the antebellum looked beautifully taken care of, and he appreciated the look of it even if he didn't like the history tied to such a place. He only had to wait a few seconds before the security person waved him inside, though. He was led to a brightly lit room where the mayor was lying on a chaise lounge chair. She looked over at him as she sipped on a brown liquid from a cup as he came in. To what do I owe this pleasure? I'm looking for a bit of information if you don't mind answering a few questions. I'm investigating the murder of the judge and trying to nail down why someone might want to murder him. She looked amused by his comments but didn't say anything. It seems likely that it is connected to the fact that he was reportedly taking bribes from a debt company and making rulings in their favor. I see, and you want to know how much I know about this matter? I'm looking to know what anyone knows at this point. No one wants to talk about what's going on here. So, what information do you have, Miss Mayor? De Percy was raised in the area, went away for a few years to study and learn, of course. When he came back, he ran around telling everyone he was going to be a judge. A few years later, it came to be as he was elected judge, mostly through knowing the right people. She paused and moved to get off the chaise chair, her hand pointing towards a nearby drinks area. Forgive me, where are my manners these days? Would you like something to drink? No, thank you. I have a long drive to get back to my hotel tonight. But well, we cannot have that. You must stay here and be my guest. If I tell you all you need to know about the judge, if you do. I don't think that would be a good idea. She moved towards the drink area and refreshed hers, but her eyes never left him. You don't think many things are a good idea, do you, Mr. Victor? Not while I'm on a kiss. Try and think uh, 
all things are bad things unless it involves evidence or the truth, then generally that's a good idea, but everything else generally tends to move towards bad. I can tell you're not from around here. Life is a little more relaxed than you're used to, and we take a while to get used to. If you aren't willing to take some time, then you will never find anything. Crime and murder don't have time to wait around for such a calm, nice lifestyle. But uh, we only have so much time before the case goes cold. How unfortunate for you and your investigation. Yes, terrible even, since it means I have to stay here and dig deeper and deeper until someone up high says enough is enough. Judging from the fact that the killer likely crossed state borders, they aren't likely to let that happen. She finished refreshing her drink and wandered over towards him, examining him up and down as she moved towards him as she came over. Once in front of him, she took a sip of what smelled like strong, strong bourbon. It sounds like you're telling me something, like you will walk out of here, should I give you some answers, uh, any answers that fit the puzzle? I won't say no, and I won't say yes. Are you sure you didn't grow up around here? We like people who know how to keep life moving along by not telling them exactly what they need to hear. If you could just answer the questions, though, please. Of course. With a smile towards it, she sauntered her way back to her chair, sipping on her drink as she went. How well did you know the judge? Crossed paths a few times, talked a bunch of times, but we weren't close. I never had to be in his court, and he didn't attend many town meetings, to my knowledge. Said something about how they took up too much time when he could be digging into rulings and making sure he was up to date on his cases. And did you know of anyone who wanted to do him harm? Well, there were plenty of rumors about people not liking his judgment because he his supposed kickbacks from the collection agency. I don't know if those have been proven or not, and I, I don't wish to sound like I'm insinuating anything. Uh, people were annoyed by that, uh, but as far as I know, they sort of accepted it and went along with it. No threats ever reached me, but uh, they could have been out there, so maybe the entire town, maybe no one in town, maybe someone from out of town, someone from out of town did murder him. Technically, he may have been from around here, but yes, he was an out-of-towner. Okay, um, well, this is gonna sound a little odd, but, uh, did you know if De Percy was familiar with computers and how they worked? I can't say that I know, uh, why? His computer may have gone missing. All I've found is printouts of emails, and I'm trying to establish how well he may have been used to computers and what information he might have put on them. Why is it important to a murder investigation? Shouldn't you be looking for the killer? Oh, I am looking into him, and uh, so far no motive has come up. Killers, even serial ones, rarely kill just to kill. There is something more to the way they act, because they are righting a wrong, or revenge, or something else is going on. And so far, this killer hasn't shown his reason for all of this. I see. Uh, well, that is all I can really offer you, since it is a late hour and you decline my invitation to stay the night. Ah, uh, right, of course. Uh, I'll get out of your hair. But, uh, one last thing. How close are you to the owners of this debt agency? Uh, this we collect for you. 
place. The Loxies, you mean? I know all of them, and I have donated money to charitable causes around the area. None to my campaigns, if I recall correctly. But I, I would have to check my records on that, to be sure. I have seen them around, and I talk to them on occasion when the situation calls for it. But other than that, no, I don't know them all that well. Too busy to know most people, really. Mayor's job is never done. Never thought a small-town mayor would be too busy for people, but uh, I guess one learns something new every day, huh? She nodded and smiled, putting her drink on a nearby table as she rose and signaled to the door. Well, let me show you out, then. It is the least I can do for you. She'd already begun moving towards it and was sweeping past him while also gently grabbing at him and pulling him in that direction. Victor didn't fight it since he wasn't sure what she would do if he did. Thank you so, so much. They were soon at this front door of the mayor's home with her pulling it open for him. Is it true, by the way, you hold meetings about deciding who will be elected around the local towns? That question isn't related to the murder of a judge. Could be, and I'm not judging you if that is the case. Small town politics were never my thing, but if it could help me figure things out, then uh, yeah, I'm not opposed to learning. What meetings we do have with local towns is all above board. We only have our town's interest in mind when we do them. And now, if you will please leave. He walked out the door with a wave of his hand. End of part three of A Judge, A Jury, and A Sheriff. Thank you for listening.